Welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And today we're going to cover something that is a big tongue twister, neurophysiological partitioning. And I know most people out there, if you're not into neuroscience, could care less. And that's okay, but this is the reason sometimes we get sick, we have mental health problems, that we don't perform well athletically. Um, You know, when someone misses their 500-pound bench press for the 80th time, this is the reason why. When you get mad at your husband because he threw the socks on the floor, this is the reason why. When you get sick and you have disabling diseases, this is the reason why. Our body, our CNS, the brain, spinal cord, and the other parts of the nervous system, peripheral nervous system, the nerves that... uh, travel along all through our body, supplying every single cell with information, instruction, and integration, that is controlled by a principle called neurophysiological partitioning. It's the reason our bodies are brilliant at basics. It's the reason why we survive. What I need you to wrap your head around is that our brain is not so much concerned with long-term survival. I know if you read some evolutionary treaties from the 1800s or even the early 1900s, you would think that the long-term survival of the human race or of a species or of an animal is what is the driving force to life. It is not. What the driving force to life is is efficiency, the efficient utilization of all the resources and energy, including ATP, And if you do that day in, day out, minute in, minute out, in the now, if you will, in the now, right now, if you're running efficient processes, if you're running as efficiently as possible with as many programs that are going on, then you get to continue on to the next day, the next month, the next season, the next year, and hopefully procreate and pass on other creatures that are also as efficient for the internal and external environment that you've been placed in. If you're not running efficiently, you start getting diseases, worn down, or you just get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. So it's not so much as what long-term will work. It's what's working now. I'll give you an example. You fall down, you skin your knee, all of a sudden you got pain in your knee, you can't walk and you can limp. What the body is trying to do is adapt and compensate for the now hey, I got a bad knee, and it's shutting down the muscles around that knee. It's causing some swelling so that knee can start healing. It's more concerned about what's going on now. Now, hopefully you get over, and in that compensation for the the knee injury, you're going to adapt. You're going to turn on muscles on the other side of the body. That's what the limp is, to be stronger. You're going to increase sensory acuity, your awareness of that knee and everything around you. You're going to be more sympathetic with that kind of pain. So you're more ready for fight or flight with, you know, running on the other side of your body. These are all adaptations that happen just with a banged up knee. Now, that works now to get away from a saber-toothed tiger 15 minutes from now. It doesn't work 15 months from now or 15 years from now when you're still limping and you're starting to get arthritis in that knee or after the knee is completely healed, there's no structural damage, but you're still walking like you have some type of structural damage and you will wear it out. 
if you don't have an ACL injury anymore, if you don't have a hamstring injury anymore, say you've had surgery or you've recovered, but if you're still walking like it, if the central nervous system is still stuck in that adaptation program, that limp, that bad mechanics, guess what? You will end up with a bad knee because it's walking like you have a bad knee. Fred, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that the body adapts immediately. I mean immediately. Sit down in a chair. Stand up quickly. If you don't pass out, that's because there's nerve sensors in the front of your neck telling your heart and your brain stem, hey, there's low blood pressure to the brain as we're flying out of the chair and standing upright. Please increase ejection fraction, how much blood is pumped out by your heart, and give me a couple more beats. Squeeze down on the arteries to increase pressure so the blood stays up there. Wow. That's what happens instantly within milliseconds of standing up. Now, of course, some people get lightheaded, but that's someone whose nervous system's a little slow in adapting. So what I'm saying is our nervous system adapts immediately, constantly. It is always going on. If you, whether you're walking and, and putting your foot in a gopher hole or you're wearing tight jeans or loose shorts or you have a bad shoulder or you get up in the middle of the night and you bang your toe. We're adapting to all these little changes in our structure, in our function as we go through the day, and that happens immediately. That's why we survive. That's, that's how we work. And if one part of our body systems, which has priority, say breathing, you know, heart rate, body temperature, if one part of our body is, you know, taking all the energy and resources because it's running inefficiency, it's running inefficiently, it's working too hard, or it has to work too hard, then that ATP and those, those neurotransmitters are pulled from other areas. What does that mean? You have one budget. If there's a hole in your roof, you're not going to Disney World for your vacation. You're buying a new roof. There, you know, there's not magical pixie dust poured over your head that gives you magical new energy, extra energy, gives you extra neurotransmitters. No. You know, it costs ATP to fire a neuron, whether that neuron is to filter, filter out pain or filter out a bad memory or create a bad memory and hold that bad memory or move forward or, you know, change your, uh, your vascular uh, dilatation so you can deal with heat or cold, you know, deal with heart rate, lung, everything takes energy, resources, it takes economy. You might as well say your body's spending money and that budget, your, your money budget is fixed minute to minute. I didn't say day in, day out. You can go eat something, get some rest, but I'm saying minute to minute. And our nervous system has to make decisions on the minute basis, on the hourly basis, not on the daily basis. And that's one thing you have to realize. You need to react now, like getting out of the chair. That's how fast our nervous system reacts. And it's constantly scanning, like a good computer, how much resources are available. And say you have sleep apnea, you have trouble sleeping at night, you snore, you're not getting enough oxygen. If you're not getting enough oxygen at night, then we have to change heart volume, stroke volume, how hard it, it contracts. We have to change, you know, blood flow to different arteries. We have to change whether we open or close little blood vessels in our brain. And that's why sleep apnea, for example, over years, not one day, but over months and years, causes pathological problems, causes conditions. So someone can have a heart attack or stroke from having sleep apnea for 10, 20 years. 
That's how the body works. And we call this neurophysiological partitioning, you know, because the CNS controls and regulates all physiological processes of the human body. Optimizations occur at the microscopic level, the microscopic level, at the cellular level. That's where changes are occurring. First, absolutely first. All these changes are explained considering the process has to be efficient for just neural communication. That takes up a lot of our budget. Just one tar- top part of the brain talking to the other part of the brain. That takes a lot of resources. So your body will shift those resources over according to priorities. What's more important? Breathing, heart rate, body temperature, standing up and not falling down. We call that proprioception, vestibular. Those areas are much much stronger and have more priority. They would take the resources, they would take the money budget, like your utilities and having a roof over your head versus buying your your wife a new sweater. That takes priority and that has to be paid for. First, there is no savings. That has to be paid first. So what does that mean? It means that, say you're not breathing right, your balance is bad, you know, you have a a heart issue, everything gets shifted, even how we think. Do you really think, you know, loving and giving hugs and and trying to do calculus or even your your bank book statement or even trying to work in your job as an accountant or IT or whatever you do, that takes priority over heart rate, (laughs) circulation, cardiovascular function? You know, proprioceptive, vestibular, staying upright so you're not eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. These are all set by evolution. So, so these processes take priority. They are spent by our budget first. Hardcore, no choice. It gets done first. So if you're trying to do other things in your life, you can see how that will wear you out. And say you're not getting sleep. Say you're not getting good nutrition to feed your cells. Things start shifting where, okay, you know, because you're not eating correctly, using your musculoskeletal system, your muscles, just to get through the day, costs more energy. Well, that comes from your budget. So you don't process things, I don't know, like thinking, like loving, like emotions, like memory. That gets yanked. It's amazing to me when people have memory problems and we look at dementia and all that. You know, we're looking at a magic pill, potion, or lotion. And I'm not saying these things don't help. And again, here's a disclaimer. If you got any physiological stuff and you're jacked up, please go see your medical doctor. Please, they will help you. Get a coach. Get someone who can coach you through your health processes. But looking at dementia, it's amazing that we're looking at, you know, pills, potions, and lotions, and maybe some of them help, maybe some of them don't. Instead of looking at their overall physiology, you know, are they breathing good? How's the heart condition? You know, how's their perfusion of of oxygen through their body? Real basic stuff. Our body is brilliant at basics, and basics come first. Basics come first. You may want to do, you know, that uh, college course. You may want to go ahead and do this study. You can't understand why you're not doing well and your job. You don't understand how you're screwing up relationships, or you're emotionally liable, you cry or get upset. You don't understand why your physical performance, my 5K is bad. I, you know, I'm not knocking off time when I'm running. 
Well, it's because your nervous system is choo choosing to move things around. Your nervous system is, re is responsible for staying brilliant at basics. It's reasonable to assume that the limiting factor for this energy efficiency is the optimization process we use for available ATP, energy. All your glucose, all your food gets broken down to a thing called adenosine triphosphate, ATP. To optimize all our neurological programs, who you are, what you do are, unconsciously or consciously, your brain will shunt and mobilize ATP and neurotransmitters to the areas of greater physiological need. Over time, all our neural processing moves to the most energy efficient state. It's a part of a process called neuroplasticity. In other words, you get good at being sick. You get good at being a jerk. You get good at being happy and joyful. It's more than fake it till you make it. Once that process is running for a while, your body will make that efficient. So if you're bench pressing 500 pounds and you do it over and over again, you will be efficient at it. We've known this in sports forever. Practice makes perfect, a really perfect practice makes perfect. And why that happens, it's neurological. It's neurophysiological partitioning, being brilliant at basics. It's shifting the resources. And once it becomes efficient, guess what? You actually need less resources to run it. That's right. What took you 100 units of energy, just using a rough number, 100 units of energy to do 500-pound bench press, doing it for weeks and weeks and months and months and years, all of a sudden only takes 85. Then you can shift back through partitioning that other 15 units of energy to do something else. Usually we try to lift more. The idea is that you become good at what you do all the time. Over time, these processes become efficient. This nervous system drives for efficiency and not the long-term needs of the individual. And that's, that's very controversial in the philosophy of biology world and in physiology. But I'm sorry, there's more research showing that, you know, we're trying to adapt to what's going on now and not what's happening five years from now. If you're a smoker, your body makes chemical changes, physiological changes, structural changes to allow you to keep smoking. Now, you may get cancer five to 10 years from now, but that's, some of that's because the immune system has dialed back so you're not coughing and hacking every minute of the day. That's right. We get cancer not because tar causes all this irritation. That's only part of the picture, people. There's a lot of people who smoke all the time, 30 years, and never get cancer. It's because in certain individuals, your immune system has to dial back so you're not hacking. I remember when I used to smoke, I was a terrible smoker. My parents were great smokers. But I would smoke and I would cough and cough and cough. For me to continue on to keep my oxygen levels high enough, you'd have to shut down the coughing. The only way to do that is shut down the immune response and the chemical response happening with the smoking. Well, if there's, there's decreased immune system, decreased Th1 and Th2 cells in my lungs, cancer can take off. We have cancer all through our body. We're always fighting it. Well, if I stop fighting it just in that local tissue, guess what? That happens. Otherwise, you get the irritation. So it's both. It's not so much the irritant. It's our body's reaction to the irritant also. It's a dance, people. Life is a dance with our external environment. Some people dance well with it. Some people do not. Some people dance well with certain things and terrible with others. 
That's why it's so hard. The art of medicine, the art of healthcare is an art because everyone's condition is a fingerprint. It is unique to them because of this thing called neurophysiological partitioning. You being brilliant at basics is driven by your own DNA, your perfect DNA, yours, no one else. It's not going to be driven by this one or that one. Now, there are some things that affect everyone about the same, like bullets and horrible tragedies and certain chemicals. Absolutely. But understanding that it's driven by efficiently. That's why if you're, if you're trying to have a, a conversation with your accountant or your significant other, take a moment and give yourself rest. Make sure you ate well. Make sure you're in a good environment so you're not blowing ATP and resources and neurotransmitters on other things just trying to maintain in the environment. You don't want to go to a heavy metal concert to have a um, deep, meaningful conversation about parenting a bunch of teenagers. Now, we laugh about that, but people do it all the time. They come home from work, and they're tired, they're hungry, and then they then the spouses want to have a conversation about their feelings or how they're feeling or the status of the relationship. When the person just needs to refuel his tank and get some rest and change that neurophysiological partitioning to other things. If you want to shift resources into your limbic system and your dorsal medial lobe, that's the parts of brain for communication with others. If you really want to do that, then take the time out to do it. You would never get up in the middle of the night and say, I'm going to go run a marathon without warming up food and whatever at four in the morning. You wouldn't just jump out and do it. Of course not. You can barely move, most of us. That is why you, you should think about neurophysiological partitioning or how our body's brilliant at basics all the time. When things are, are important, we you tell our kids, oh, you got a test tomorrow, go to bed early, make sure you have a good breakfast. This is what our grandparents taught us. And you know what? They were right. They didn't have that fancy word, but they understood that to be prepared for action or behavior or deep processing in life, you need to have the resources. And if you're spending them in other places, it's going to come from somewhere else. And hopefully you don't get sick because it's coming from somewhere else. And this is Dr. Fred Clary, and I hope you enjoyed this fact episode.